On a brand new Josh Nason's Punch Out, I continue my look back the year that was 2023 in the world of professional wrestling with a stop in February. And February, of course, featured Elimination Chamber and WWE Undisputed Universal Champion Roman Reigns defending against Sami Zayn in Montreal, Canada. Should Sami Zayn have won the Universal Championship? We discussed that and more. The road to WrestleMania. What was going to headlight which headline rather which night? And all types of other stuff as well. AEW had a kind of flat month, but, you know, progressing. And a lot of talk about returns and visas and all that stuff. We discussed that. NXT, of course, had Vengeance Day and all the rest, which included some big news out of Japan, including Jay White, the former IWGP World Champion, the IWGP Triple Crown Champion, I believe. Sorry, Grand Slam Champion. My, my apologies. And him losing a loser leaves Japan match and then a loser leaves New Japan match. We discussed that as well as Mercedes Monet winning the IWGP women's title, what that meant in her big month and all kinds of other stuff as well. Joining me for this episode is the one and only Ian Carey of WrestlingObserver.com. And Ian and I discuss everything that happened in the month of February. You're going to especially love the uh, the Zane discussion because Ian is very passionate about it. So let's get right to it. The month of February, Josh Nason's punch out. Let's go. One year after we last were on camera together, we are back on camera now on uh, on Zoom. Those listening at home do not know this, but I'm filling in through the uh, how the magic works. Ian Carey of F4W Online has returned, Hello. and uh, even I'm- though we chat nearly every day on Slack, <laughs> our <laughs> editors and uh, writers Slack, uh, yeah, it's the first time we've actually seen see each other face to face for uh, for the last year. So it's a real a real WrestleMania moment. Uh, yeah, I look forward to this annual tradition of ours. Is this uh, is this year two for you or year three? Year no, that's year year two for me. Year two, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. Just uh, kicking off was uh, Andrew Thompson of Post Wrestling. He is, uh, I think, he is in year three, if I remember. Oh, okay. I think I've been doing this for three years. Yeah, something like that. And you guys were doing January. January, yeah. He kicked everything off. Yeah, we went we went two hours <laughs> and talked. Yeah, about kind. It. Kind of a newsworthy month that January 2023 for wrestling. Certainly was, yeah, with the Vince yes. stuff and uh, mm-hmm. the Royal Rumble, and of course the passing of Jay Briscoe. There was all that month was absolutely crazy for news. As I was yeah. going through, so on on this episode, we're going to go through February. And as I was going through, um, this actually is is uh, is perfect because uh, you have some thoughts about Sami Zayn and the Elimination Chamber. Mm-hmm. But you know, going through this month, there was not a not a ton of like huge news. It was uh, coming off all the stuff that happened in January. It's more kind of the road to WrestleMania, but we did have some some interesting interesting stuff. Uh, nonetheless, let's start out with WWE. And uh, as a kid say, we'll let you cook here and uh, the Elimination <laughs> Chamber, right? Elimination Chamber. I've never used that phrase uh, in public in my life. By the way, that's just just between you and I. <laughs> okay, so Elimination Chamber in Montreal. Yep. Sami Zayn at this time is the hottest wrestler in the world. And so, like, Sami Zayn is so popular at this time. He's moving ratings. He's the biggest thing. Uh, his feud with Roman Reigns. Coming into Montreal, his hometown. 
Now, Montreal is an amazing sports. Well, it's an amazing city, but it's it's an amazing sports city. But wrestling wise, Montreal, when you think of Montreal and wrestling, uh, you generally think of the screw job. And it felt like Montreal as a wrestling town needed a feel good moment. And I I know a lot of people didn't think that Sammy had much of a, a chance going into the match, right? Because you've got WrestleMania is just what, like six weeks after this. Mm-hmm. And I think the mentality at the time amongst a lot of fans was, well, they're not going to blow the big pop from Cody beating Roman by all of a sudden having Sammy beat Roman just six weeks before. But still, I know that there were people in Montreal that felt that Sammy was just so popular. He was so over that they were going to just have to have Sammy win in Montreal. They could do something to get the title back on Roman before Mania, but Sammy was going to win in Montreal. And then he didn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know this was uh, upsetting to some Montreal fans. It also seemed like it was kind of upsetting to to Sammy. But I think when you look back on it, it's still uh, a really cool moment in WWE history. Like it felt like a very important event, like more so than just your normal pay-per-view before WrestleMania. Yeah, and what uh, Ian is referring to, of course, is the Elimination Chamber, which took place in Montreal, Quebec, Canada. Uh, K-back, as my dad used to say. And uh, in the main event that night, Roman Reigns uh, defeating Sami Zayn uh, to retain the Undisputed Universal Championship, if you remember. In January, uh, the bloodline uh, began to to splinter a little bit at the end of the Royal Rumbles, we uh, was we talked about with Andrew in that uh, uh, Roman Reigns defeated Kevin Owens in uh, in the main event. Uh, wanted uh, Sami Zayn to show his loyalty to the Bloodline by using a chair on Kevin Owens. Sami Zayn finally did the turn and said, "I'm not going to do that." Place went crazy, hit Roman instead, and uh, they jumped Sami. Jay Uso took off. That was another element of it as well. And then over the, the subsequent month and leading into uh, Elimination Chamber in Montreal, we got the same Zayn matches we we're just talking about. Yeah, it's you know, this uh this this Reigns run, it has been uh historic, as I've been told by WWE, right? Mm-hmm. As we all have been told. <laughs> There's been so many moments along the way that they could have made the change. And obviously the big right. three are um Drew McIntyre in in uh in wales clash of the castle clash yeah. of the castle yep you had uh sammy and then you had cody mm-hmm. and i and i think we were talking about this and andrew yesterday in that the the cody one i think was the most surprising yes but you had three unique instances where you could have changed title and they didn't they just didn't do it mm-hmm. and for the sammy one i thought i'm like okay i can understand because cody's gonna win it they really want cody to have that story you can debate that and whatever but then looking back at it's like you had these moments and you didn't pull the trigger on, on either of them. And if you had, would that have kind of changed where they got to? I, at this point, I don't know. I think depending on what your viewpoint is, you can kind of manipulate things and say, well, no, it wouldn't have or what, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but they had all these challengers lined up and, and there was no no change. And you just kind of wonder, you know, what if? And it's, yeah. kind, of, it's kind of fun to do that, but it would... Uh, you know, those, those moments, they're hard to, it doesn't seem like they're hard to come by WB right now because they're on such a hot run, 
But mm-hmm. some those those really those super special moments are really hard to come by, and sometimes you do have to take advantage of them. So we'll see how this whole thing turns out. Um, but uh, yeah, there's a there's a good debate to be had whether or not you could have maybe made the change there, um, especially because you weren't going to go with the change at at Mania as it turned out. So yeah, it's an interesting interesting debate there. Yeah, the the three title challengers that you mentioned, it was interesting, like WWE did create this feeling that any of those three could have won, and especially Cody, where I think most people uh, figured that he would win. But now after Roman has beaten Cody and he beat uh, Sammy, ever since WrestleMania, it, it doesn't have that same vibe where, like, I don't think anybody thought that Jey Uso was going to be at Roman Reigns. I don't think anybody thought LA right. Knight was going to be at Roman Reigns. So th- there's been a different feeling to Roman Reigns matches uh, since WrestleMania. But yeah, I, yeah, against Sammy in Montreal, like that felt important. And part of that was because I think a lot of people definitely in the building thought that Sammy could win. Yeah. Uh, some other results from the show. Uh, Austin Theory retained the U.S. title in one of the Elimination Chambers matches. And then uh, Asuka uh, winning the Women's Elimination Chamber match to earn a shot at the Raw Women's title at WrestleMania 39. The show broke, uh, like all these shows have been doing, viewership on Peacock yeah. and also Gate Records as well. And then uh, shortly after, uh, Ian, Roman Reigns versus mm-hmm. Sami Zayn, the rematch was set for a Toronto house show. Uh, no yeah. big surprise, uh, Roman Reigns uh, picked up the victory. <laughs> there as well but uh yeah it was it was interesting that they decided to go back that again non-televised show or all that stuff but just to just to have a boost for for tickets even though i think most people definitely knew that sam zane was not going to win the title on toronto show this isn't you know bret hart and rick flair oh, back in the day um, or something like that you know montreal would have rioted if sammy zane lost in montreal but then won in toronto oh, like I, that, I didn't even think of that yeah 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 the city wouldn't recover like it it would be forever different if that had happened <laughs> um but yeah that i i remember that toronto house show like uh man uh like being in toronto uh i know how much money wwe has charged people this year because we had that big house show and uh then we had uh, uh edge's final match edge's yes. final match in yep. smackdown that that was like a big one as well um so, uh, yeah, they they get a lot of money from Toronto house shows. So, like Roman being on a house show at all, let alone that that match. But mm. let's uh, so let's go a uh, bunch of other headlines from uh, from the months. We'll go through a chunk of these. I'll kick them over to you for thoughts on anything that may stand out. So a lot of this, of course, okay. no big surprise, has to do with uh, Mania Thirty Nine. But of course. The the big story in January is Vince McMahon come back and to facilitate a sale of the company. At least that's that's how uh, he put it. Mm-hmm. So of course some uh, some splinters off of that. Uh, new lawsuit aims to bar McMahon from serving on the board. That would happen a few times, all unsuccessful. Yep. Triple H said having Vince McMahon around WWE, quote unquote, has been great. Oh, I'm that. sure he. I'm sure he said that. Yeah, what did I said about no. the father-in-law. Yeah, um, <laughs> Vince McMahon uh, will leave WWE post-sale if it gives shareholders the most value. That was in response to essentially some concerns, some reported concerns from alleged uh, or, or potential buyers that they're worried about having McMahon stick around uh, due to all his problems in the past and existing ones. Uh, that were not settled and some question about, you know, uh, would he leave and Nick Khan and uh, others that said, yes, he will leave. He said he'll leave uh, post-sale if, uh, if, uh, if 
that made a difference in the people of the company buying. Uh, speaking of Khan, he said WBCL will happen quickly, possibly within three months, which was crazy. Uh, to think of it, that they were just going to start rushing through all that. Of course, it was much longer than that. Mm-hmm. wasn't too much longer, but still, the fact that they were like ready to go uh, was uh, was surprising. And of course, they were looking to uh, one report seeking nine billion in a potential sale. Oh yeah, yeah. As we knew, that did not turn out that way. They uh, did a merger <laughs> instead. But uh, yeah, there was a lot of uh, lot of sale talk uh, early on in the first part of the year. We'll flip to plans for Mania Thirty Nine. So. Uh, we're going to get another brand sponsored match. We learned about that. We didn't know what it was going to mm-hmm. be, but the, the the brand sponsoring, all the fans love uh, returning. Uh, oh, yeah. John John Cena and Ronnie Rousey matches uh, were planned for Mania 39. Oscar, uh, who won the Elimination Chamber, officially challenging Bianca Belair for the championship. Uh, Cody Rhodes had to walk back some comments he made about The Rock at WrestleMania 39. Even like in the past day or so, uh, we did a story yeah. <laughs> about that. I think it might have been yesterday. <laughs> That, this is uh, going to be an ongoing thing until Rock comes back for a mania or Cody finishes the story. Right. You know. I Cody, think um, maybe we'll get a Cody versus the Rock match at some point. You know, that'd be a big swerve. Yeah. Imagine that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, basically the idea that, uh, you know, Cody, uh, Rock's not going to take a spot and all this stuff. So yeah, it's interesting to see even back in, in uh, February. Yeah, uh, yeah. There was some talk about that. Finn Balor uh, challenging Edge for Mania 39. So much changes in uh, in the course of uh, less than a year, and then almost yeah. challenging Brock Lesnar for May third nine. Still, probably one of the most uh, surprising uh, big match decisions uh, of uh, of recent eras, especially with uh, Brock Lesnar. Uh, Dave Meltzer mm-hmm. reporting that uh, Reigns versus Cody Rhodes expected headline night two. No big surprise, but there was a lot yeah. of question about night one. There was no decision at yeah. the time. There was a feeling that Charlotte Flair versus Ripley was a favorite. However, uh, Dave also mentioned that the Usos versus Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens would be a possibility if that match would be made official. And then uh, The Miz hosting uh, May of 39, which we all love The Miz. Thoughts about, uh, actually, I, I should also add, uh, Batista was hoping to be inducted in the Hall of Fame oh, that yeah. year as well. So how yeah. about that? So, yeah, Mania 39 was uh, well into swing. Yeah, so I remember there was a, a kind of a big debate about what would headline night one between Ripley and Flair and the Usos, Zane and Kevin Owens. And I think there was one idea that like, well, Flair versus Ripley, like these are two of the biggest stars in your uh, women's division. But Sami Zayn and Owens versus the Usos, like it, it was part of that storyline kind of with Cody and Roman, you know what I mean? So it, it, it felt like it had been the main plot line throughout WWE. So to me, it just made more sense that Sammy that like that felt like the hotter match, like the, the match that more had been invested in. Um, but I know I, I don't, uh, I, I know others felt that uh, Ripley and Charlotte Flair yeah, should have been in the main event for that. Yeah, the problem, but... though, is if you have that, if you don't have that tag match on last from an emotional standpoint, everything just yeah. goes, you know, it takes a dip. And that that was the, it yeah. was the like to your point, it was it was the hottest storyline in the company. It would have seen if you put that before ripley and flair the crowd just dies yeah. you know they they want that emotional moment of those guys winning the titles that was your apex of that night one i don't know how you work around that otherwise yeah um yeah exactly like it's it's your feel-good moment with your top baby faces so that's got to close the show um otherwise it, it take you know it takes away from if you're going to do that elsewhere on the show 
Right. Uh, yeah, let's get some uh, some other headlines here and uh, see if you have any okay. thoughts on this. Uh, Lita returning to WWE on Raw, uh, uh-huh. attack damage control, and she and Becky Lynch eventually won the tag team titles that month. Trish Stratus returned on Raw during the month. The Attitude Era fully back in swing, as if it uh, never uh-huh. went away. Uh, the Rock's mother survived a, uh, a car crash in Los Angeles. Uh, we learned that Detroit's Ford Field was set to host SummerSlam 2023, so another stadium show there. Jerry Lawler had a stroke found in his driveway of his home, yeah. uh, luckily, and was expected to make an, and essentially, as we kind of know, has made a full recovery. Um, he was at the ICU. There's kind of like developing headlines throughout the month, uh, return home for outpatient rehab. And uh, yeah, scary situation there, but you know, that um, he's had heart issues before and, and, and all that. So yeah, it was good to see yeah. that he's, I uh, saw a picture of him a couple of weeks ago with Jim Ross and Lawless Sport and the big uh, the big beard and all that stuff. Yeah. So he's he's uh, he's looking good. So that's it's uh, you know good to see that he's still around and kicking. I, I assume his in ring days are done. But with Jerry Lawler, you really uh, never know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I I don't even know about that. I'm sure if he could do because you know like he, he'll come out and he'll do a house show and he'll talk for 95 percent of the match and then drop a fist on someone. You know, so that kind of match. Uh, I'm sure Jerry Lawler might still do. Sure. Um, but yeah, I know Jim Ross sat down with him when AEW was in Memphis recently. And so yes, it's, uh, it's cool to see that, that he's doing better. Cause that, that was really scary when that happened. Yeah. Um, Lita and Trish coming back to WWE earlier this year, I thought was kind of a cool story. Um, I, like they sort of like staggered their returns like lita was around for a bit and she did that match with becky and then sort of when lita was done trish came in and trish did her her heel turn as well so i thought it was interesting that we got lita and trish back for a little bit this year um it's always good when you get like there's not a lot of returning legends that you can bring in for the women's division just because wwe didn't really emphasize it until about 2017 um so Trish and Lita coming back. I think, uh, you know, it's cooler for the fans of the attitude era to, to see. That's right. Uh, let's see what else happened during the month. Uh, Booker T, uh, felt that the Royal Rumble was going to be his final match. Seth Rollins said, uh, confirmed that, uh, Ricky Flair and Becky Lynch, uh, their beef was squashed at the apology. Uh, they had backstage at uh, raw 30. We talked about that, uh, last month's show, uh, the report that JBL not scheduled to appear, regularly on WWTV going forward. Uh, the Undertakers is a funny one revealed what he told Bray Wyatt at raw 30 <laughs> and uh, tries to do this in Undertaker voice. He said, uh, uh, my phone is always on. If you need to talk to me about things, run things by me. That's cool. I'm more than glad to share my experiences with you and hopefully shine some light on questions that you have moving forward. So that's what he said. He told Bray Wyatt. I can't, I just picturing him talking in that, that, uh, that length to Bray Wyatt, <laughs> I, there's just in the in the ring all these people i think that's uh it's just kind of a funny a funny visual in my head um you know he, he went into that that level of detail that he said you know what i mean <laughs> is that is that like you know keep doing what you're doing brother or something like that i don't know yeah i i feel like that maybe wasn't verbatim what he said like you know maybe he said something along the lines on like hey uh you know reach out if you have any questions or anything okay i'll yeah, see yeah. you in the back shoot me a text (laughs) yeah exactly it was something probably more like that but you know he felt the need to jazz it up a little bit for the interview uh, but i i do think it was cool that we got that undertaker bray wyatt moment especially since 
everything that happened. Yep. I, I I don't think Bray Bray's last match was the Royal Rumble, I believe. Nah, he did some house show matches oh, after that oh, against, okay. against okay. LA Knight. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh right, right, right. Yeah. So uh, yeah, you know, considering everything that happened, but. Uh, I know some people don't like the Undertaker Bray Wyatt comparisons, but they they there's they're easy to compare because both of those two characters sort of have a very polarizing supernatural element to them. And I remember when Bray Wyatt was coming back and he was doing all the um, uh, White Rabbit stuff, mm-hmm. and there especially on on our website, there's a lot of fans that really don't like supernatural stuff in the wrestling because it it's sort of it's like well mm-hmm. you know it's too unbelievable right it makes everything else feel uh much more phony um but i thought it was interesting the way fans reacted to the undertaker rising from the dead at the royal rumble and uh i believe that was 92 mm-hmm. did he something raise like from 92, the dead it's 92 93 something like that yeah yeah and it's very interesting if you go back to the uh, edition of the Wrestling Observer newsletter that Dave wrote about the Undertaker's rising from the dead at the Royal Rumble and people's reactions to it, and what he wrote in '92 still a- applies to 2023 and people's reactions to Bray Wyatt. And he wrote that most people that I heard from didn't like it, and they really didn't like it. But those who like it liked it a lot. And that is sort of the story of Bray Wyatt in WWE a little bit too. There's lots of detractors who just don't want that supernatural um, stuff on, on their wrestling, but the fans that do like him really like him and they buy his merchandise and they tune in when it's teased, he's going to show up at a certain time on SmackDown once, uh, you know, and uh so the parallels between the undertaker and Bray Wyatt, I think it's cool that, that, that those two interacting was one of the last things we saw Bray Wyatt do on WWE television. So, all right, yeah, let's go through, uh, the rest of the month at WWE, uh, okay. the company announced undertaker doing some one man shows for Vegas and Los Angeles as those would uh, begin in earnest. Uh, Bronson Reed said he texted triple H to see if he was interested in having him. That's how you get your job back. That's right. Just as that's, that's what everybody says. Chelsea Green said the same thing. They're like, so how did the process start for you to return to WWE? It's like I, I texted Triple H and I just wonder, like, who has not come back to wrestling because they didn't take the time to text Triple H? That's right. Uh, Ronda Rousey uh, made her return to WWE TV on SmackDown. Uh, yeah, the full roster revealed for the WWE 2K23 video game. Uh, AD officially announced a new Stone Cold Takes on America series. Bailey said she will never give up hope that Mercedes Monet returns to the company. Bray Wyatt challenged the winner of uh, Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley at the Elimination Chamber while uh, he was on SmackDown. That uh, just kind of floated away afterward after there was some talk about Lesnar not wanting to work with Bray Wyatt and that whole story. Uh, Cameron Grimes said he uh, was waiting on creative plans uh, for his main roster call-up. John Cena was announced for the uh, very first uh, or a episode of Raw in March. So again, this was before he's coming back like every week, kind of these one-offs and those treat is still a big deal. Nikki Bella said total divas was the first thing that WWE couldn't control as uh, their, uh, their kind of missive against WWE continued, but uh, coming out of raw 30 Carmelo uh, detailed the deep depression she went into following her ectopic pregnancy. 
MLW asked the court to deny the uh, WWE's protective order request in the antitrust lawsuit that has been going on since January 2022. WWE's motion to dismiss the lawsuit was granted, or if MLW is allowed and given the chance to amend the, uh, the the suit or appeal it, had to take out some specific things in that. That case still rolling on to this day. Before it came out mm-hmm. that uh, the company had scheduled both backlash and was initially called King and Queen of the Ring uh, pay-per-views yeah. for May. Sonya Deville got engaged to her girlfriend, Tony Cassano, and uh, WWE's front office changes continue with uh, Senior VP of Talent Operations and Strategy being fired in uh, during the month. Thoughts about any of that? Uh, well, it's a good thing that Cameron Grimes really waited on creative plans <laughs> for his main <laughs> roster call-up. I think that's really worked out uh, well for him. Um well, he is on there. Like he'll he he lost a match on SmackDown not long ago, so I think he's been on the TV. Um, but yeah, he's someone where they've just never really figured out what to do with him. Be uh, after he left NXT, which is strange because he was he was on NXT like all the time. He was a a major character, but I you know I I guess it's just not uh, just not working out for him on the on the main roster. Yeah. Um, Bailey will never give up hope that Mercedes uh, Monet returns to WWE. Um, I think Mercedes does eventually go back to WWE. Um, we'll see. Um, I don't think it'll happen for a few years still, but I think at some point she gets a, they meet her, uh, asking price. Um, and unfortunately, yeah, the Bray Wyatt stuff with Lesnar Lashley, um, yeah, I didn't really want to see a Lesnar Bray Wyatt match at WrestleMania. Um, it's not, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then the the MLW lawsuit. Uh, yeah, that that continues on. Rages on. It rages, rages on. It's rages on. So. Yeah. So overall, yeah, busy month for uh, WWE, and now we flip to AEW, and this was a, you know, I, I think. It's a transitional month. They said this a lot last year in these months that they didn't have pay-per-views was there's no, you know, pay-per-views. It kind of gives storylines, these apex peak moments, right? That you kind of, you have to, you have to constantly be building towards something mm-hmm. in AW without a pay-per-view every month. It's kind of just transition and these kind of stretching out stuff. Right. And a lot of mm-hmm. announcements as we'll talk about and things like that. Um, and some, uh, so to me, there wasn't really anything that stood out. So we'll just delve into this, this first chunk and, and see if there's anything here to kind of chew on for a bit. So uh, Kota Bushi said he he thinks he'll talk with AEW after opening up a wrestling school in Japan. Tony Khan saying later that uh, talking to Bushi is something we'd have to consider, and they mm-hmm. certainly did consider it because he's been on they did several it, yes. yeah, several several shows mm-hmm. uh, since then. I would say to um, not uh, not a great response in terms of uh, and Andrew and I were just talking about this on on the first, last show um, that you know the Abushi I think that everyone remembers from the days of old is is not coming back that physically is just not there and it just yeah it's just been a, a I want to say a full shell of himself but just the expectations are not being met put it that way at least at least by me and I'm sure a lot of other people as well yeah I think we saw that uh, when he came out for blood and guts. And I think he said later that he had gotten a bunch of tacks in his foot and that's why he was moving around so slow. But he was also, I mean, he was gone for a long time. That shoulder injury that he was dealing with, obviously, uh, 
was very serious, impacted his ability to work out. Um, but I think like, I don't know, we'll, we'll still see a better Kota Ibushi in AEW. I, I think maybe we've still gotten the ring rusty Kota Ibushi, maybe still getting back into shape Kota Ibushi. He's not that old. He's, he's early forties. Like he's, he's still got some years left. AW announced a revamping of their community outreach program. They also announced a house rules live event tour. That would be very short lived to the uh, yeah. creation of AW collision, which we'll talk about here in a few episodes. Samoa Joe regained the TNT title on AW dynamite as the hot potato of that t- uh, title continue at the uh, beginning part of the year. Uh, Tony Khan said a small post full gear change. He made improved his AEW creative process. Do you remember what that change was? I do not remember what that change was. Making better matches. That's what not. <laughs> um, oh. <laughs> it was, he taught, so he was on uh, the Mark Marin podcast. And he talked about, um, as I'm looking around here for a notebook, I don't have one, but basically he made columns and grids in a oh, okay. notebook. So he had, this is what he uses to, to plot and kind of book out. Mm-hmm. Uh, he just, he flipped the columns. And that's what he said. That was a big change. And he said, made it everything a lot easier because it was easier to read down versus to read horizontal. Oh, great. Well, it sounds like he's got a really effective <laughs> system going on there. The oh, notebook. excellent. The notebook. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Well, that's why we've seen such uh, logical booking. Uh, that's from true. AEW throughout the year. Wow. Fantastic. You can, you can thank the notebook. Like, I would imagine in like Impact or WWE, they're just using blank pieces of paper. No, no grids, no, no columns. It, it, you know, so I think, yeah, Tony Khan has found a way to to give his promotion an advantage there. Uh, let's see. Brian Danielson said, uh, talking about a conversation he and Vince McMahon had, Vince called me to ask about AEW in early 2020. It was said, this is a good one. AEW is considering starting a streaming service, likely through WBD. That was talked about in February. We're uh, mid-November now. That has not happened. Uh, <laughs> Maria Canellis uh, undergo thyroid surgery. EJ and Duca made his AEW dark debut oh, yeah. against Konosuke Takeshita. Supposedly signed a contract at some point. We have not seen Where him is he? at all. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he, he had a dark or dark elevation contract, and that just kind of you know went away or something like that. I, with, uh, I hope he's attracted. hurt and not like his name fell off one of tony khan's columns his that's true booking columns <laughs> uh, yeah because yeah. you got to be careful if you delete one column that's like nine wrestlers who don't get used for a year exactly so you got to be careful with that uh tony khan said he expected a quote-unquote very lucrative deal for AEW media rights uh AEW revolution march began to take shape with uh, mjf versus brian danielson announced the stipulation was not announced yet the iron man match mm-hmm. But the match was announced. Hangman Page versus John Moxley in a Texas death match. So that was starting to kind of come together. The Guns won the AEW tag team titles in kind of surprising faction from uh, FTR on an episode. I believe it was FTR yeah. on an episode of Dynamite. Uh, Paul White said he was hoping to return to action in March. As he, uh, eh, maybe a little later than March. Yeah, a little later than that. Yeah. A little later than that. Yeah. Uh, AEW ESPN announced a broadcast deal for Australia, New Zealand, and Pacific Islands. Uh, Eddie Kingston was dealing with an undisclosed injury, kept him on the shelf for a while. Uh, another Tony Khan quote, a lot of uh, Tony Khan quotes this month. AEW and WWE, quote, unquote, truly hate each other. Makes for okay. an exciting wrestling war. There you go. Uh, speaking of wrestling wars, Cody Rhodes asked about the AEW All Out incident, said, I just hated seeing that. And then uh, AEW All Access, a reality show to premiere 
on TBS in March. That if you remember, that was another uh, kind of big, I can't remember if it was a major announcement, big announcement, important announcement. I can't remember in the, in, in the grid, in my columns and rows where that fit. But I remember being very disappointed that it was going to be a reality show uh, once it was all said and done. Yeah, well, I think it was another one of Tony Khan's big announcements, which we all, you know, build up in our heads to be something different. But I think all, like all access at the time, I remember some people were were fairly excited about it. But then when you got it and you realized that it was a reality show in the same way that Tony Khan answers questions at a press conference, like, OK, like it won't really address the big things that you want it to address. Uh, especially with all the punk and the elite drama at that time. Um, but at the time, it it felt like a decent-sized announcement. But AEW in February... Well, it's funny. Like This was a transitional time for AEW. It was also a transitional time for WWE. WWE's getting used to Vince McMahon coming in, and, and this was the era of work-from-home Vince McMahon tearing up scripts. But then AEW was in this post um, all out media scrum period where I think the, the narrative around the promotion changed. And I think sort of, I think in many ways, the all out media scrum represented the end of the honeymoon for AEW. I think a lot of people were just so happy for a few years to have an alternative, a major league alternative that they would kind of turn a blind eye to things that they didn't like about the product. But after All Out, it felt like more people were critical of AEW. Like more, yeah, it, it seems like you saw more negativity from AEW fans about their own product than you used to see. And I, I, yeah, and it, it, it felt like an odd time for AEW. It felt like their momentum uh, was, was really stagnant at this point let's go over some of the other uh, headlines from the month uh keith okay. lee returned to AEW uh on an episode of rampage attacking swerve strickland we still have not seen that singles match uh and i don't think we ever will <laughs> for whatever reason uh anna uh, jay suffered yeah. some dislocated ribs in the uh aw uh, rampage attack team street fight if you remember that that was really oh yeah didn't she get power bombed uh through a table on the floor very possible i cannot uh, remember yes. yeah yeah uh Errol, I, I forgot about this and he was on my show Errol oh, hawani detailed detailed the uh, wwe reaction to his uh re tweet reply to tony khan tony khan had gone yeah. off to ariel for being a shill because uh, ariel was at elimination chamber doing yep. some work for for wwe and uh Tony Khan said something like, uh, uh, so much for a biased journalist or something, you know, it basically just said he was, he was a biased journalist. And of course this yeah. goes back to the interview, the heat they had over the interview that Ariel said was one of the worst interviews that he's ever had. Mm -hmm. Uh, and Ariel uh, detailed that, you know, people in backstage, we were high-fiving him and that whole thing and kind of went after address some of his critics and so on and so forth. So that was the whole story in February. That, I remember that. That was a big story. Um, I thought that was a, a very interesting story because Ariel Hawani's response after this was, um, uh, yeah, so like he goes to the elimination chamber and he's playing like an on-screen role for WWE. Right. And there's already, like Nick Khan used to be his agent. So uh, Hawani is connected to WWE. And I think Tony Khan wanted to make that very apparent with his tweet that like, Hey, you're not an unbiased journalist. 
you're connected with these guys. And Ariel Helwani kind of came back and said, I'm an MMA journalist. I'm not a wrestling journalist. So this is fine. Um, which I, I completely understand the sentiment. He does have a lot of wrestling wrestlers on his show, though, which some would say does, yeah. is journalism. But I also know, like, just from having listened to the MMA hour for years and years and years, I know what a uh, uh, like how important Montreal is to Helwani. So I understand him wanting to to participate in the elimination chamber. Uh, but you know, you have to know like, okay, well at that point you're saying I'm just an MMA journalist and I will accept this on screen role with WWE, but it, it, yeah, Tony was, um, not happy. Not no, happy. he wasn't, yes. he wasn't he, him and well, I don't think Tony Khan and Dana White are going to sit down and discuss things anytime soon, but, uh, at least not publicly. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, they, yes, they would have that in common anyway. That's true. <laughs> Good point. Uh, Chris Jericho said he has zero interest in ever going back to WWE. We'll see see how that works out in the future. You know, never say never. Uh, yeah. Christian uh, Christian Cage returns to AEW and attack Jungle Boy, and of course uh, began a, a fantastic uh, ah. run this year for Christian Cage. Uh, former women's champion Rio uh, could be back in AEW soon. At that point, she's uh, was back for a little bit and disappeared, and I don't know if she's. Ever coming back or what the deal is there. So we'll uh, we'll see. Jay Briscoe's daughter, Gracie, was finally released in the hospital after That's being part of the, uh, the accident that took uh, her father's life. Uh, Jeff Hardy's license was suspended for 10 years based on that DUI case in Florida. The case was closed. And uh, just another, uh, just, um, I don't know how to describe with Jeff Hardy, just another another thing when it comes to him and alcohol. But he's uh, supposedly not supposed to drive for another decade. Who knows? Why why couldn't we just tack another zero onto that? Then? Why like why don't we just say like Jeff, look, man, it's easy to take an Uber, it's easy to take a cab. There's no reason for you to ever drive again. Exactly. Like, you know, but it, I, like we've seen this in wrestling so so often and unfortunately with Tammy Sitch, everybody knew that she was going to eventually kill somebody. And she finally did. So mm-hmm. there's like a there's like a chronic drunk driving issue. Yeah. Yeah. Time to yeah. Yeah. So we'll we'll yeah. see. <laughs> yeah, could add another zero on to the end of that. Yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's for sure. Because no, in the there. decade where he can't drive, he'll have gotten used to not driving. So, right. <laughs> so let's just yeah. Kenny Omega said that uh things fell off the rails uh leading into the AEW all out fight is uh, some of the uh, participants, you know, talked around certain things again while not talking directly about it. Uh, his contract was also extended due to injury time. No big surprise there. Lucha Brothers returned to action. Uh, they were uh, out with uh, out some injuries, I believe. I assume an injury to Ray Phoenix, but uh, they had returned to action on a uh, Dynamite episode. Uh, commit. Oh, actually, no. I'm sorry. This was due to uh, visa issues. I remember this. They were advertised for the local market. Uh, yeah. They were not going to be on Dynamite, but they were going to be on uh, they were on Rampage after. So that wasn't injury. It was actually um, uh, visa issues and, and all that. I remember that. Uh, but interesting. All these people have visa issues at the very first of the year. We talked about this a little bit in, in January and then also with uh, with AEW in February as well. Interesting. Uh, Commanders AEW. Probably, go ahead. I was just going to say that's probably when a bunch of forms are due back. You know exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, AEW, our commander, uh, his AEW debut was set for uh, a ladder match on Dynamite. 
Mike Tyson, I'd rather go to WWE than AEW, even though AEW pays more. That was a quote that made its way. That's around. bad business, Mike. That's oh, really bad boy. business. Uh, Tony Khan, the man paying Mike Tyson a couple times, said it'd be hard for Brian Danielson to disappear from AEW for the New Japan G1 Climax Tournament. So why not create we'll your own make uh, our co- own Continental Cup or whatever the hell it's called? The- <laughs> So isn't it is Continental Cup? Is that it's what it the is? Continental Cla- Classic? Classic, Classic yes. There so. you go. Uh, Tony Khan, a, a quote-unquote important AEW announcement, which is impending, was an exciting development for the company, and that was be to come in March. Uh, Tony Khan announced that Mark Briscoe officially all elite and will wrestle oh, in both yeah. AEW and Ring of Honor. Of course, during the January episode, we talked about him uh, wrestling in the tribute match against Jay Lethal. The uh, hurdles that uh, AEW had to go through to get there. We learned about that, yeah, about the Confederate yeah. trunks, the homophobic tweets from Jay, and it caused both guys not being able to get an AEW TV. Tony Khan worked uh, worked back channels and was able to get him in. And uh, he's uh, he's been, a, 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 I think, a good addition to the AEW roster, a different presentation. He's been out for a while with injury, but came back. And people really love to get behind him. I think not just because of, uh, the fact that his brother tragically passed away, but because he's a, he's a good wrestler and an entertaining character and a instantly likable baby face because he just is he's so you so much more unique than anyone else that they have. And that's a good oh, yeah. yeah, I don't think he's ever gonna be world champion, but you know, he's uh I mean him against I, Jay White was I thought was interesting. You know, it was it was just a weird, interesting, fun dynamic, you know. I, I think Mark Briscoe is on his way to becoming like uh, an even bigger star um we've never really seen mark briscoe on a big stage well like permanently on a big stage um he's just he's such a likable guy and i remember they, they were interviewing him on rampage or something in the last few weeks and he just said they they asked him something about what he was going to do in some match he just looks at the camera and goes i cannot divulge that information yes and it just <laughs> It just made me laugh so hard. And even he was interviewed by Sports Illustrated the the other day, and they were talking about he just had his eighth kid, which is wow. I don't, I know, right? And he was talking about how like like you could feel his personality come out in the quotes because he was talking about like yeah, I got a gaggle of children now. <laughs> I had. And it started like we had seven kids and it started girl, girl, girl. So it looked like the girl, it was like the World Series and the girls were going to sweep. But then we went boy, 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 boy. And the boys won the World Series. It's like he's just a funny guy. Right. And he's very likable. And, you know, obviously, like, you know, everybody who's fans of the Briscoe brothers and know what a big tragic story that is. Like, you know, we're rooting for him. Like people are are like want to get behind this guy. And so I, I think over the next year, you're really going to see Mark Briscoe turn into uh, something pretty cool, like mm. a, a pretty big star. Uh, Tony Khan confirmed that uh, the first date for ROH TV tapings, on sale date, premiere date for the weekly uh, ROH TV on Honor Club. They had the first uh, round of TV tapings. Down in Orlando, yeah. Zack Sabre Jr. Uh, made his debut, and he was set for the very first episode as well, defending the New Japan TV title. Uh, Thunder Rosa, injured, uh, still recovering from a back injury, uh, joined the AW yes. Spanish language broadcast team. I think it's pretty fair to say that injury might be legit. I know some people doubted uh, that. Yeah, but... I, I think maybe Britt Baker was uh, wrong to question the severity of that injury. It, it has had an impact on Thunder Rosa's career. 
That's right. And then uh, two other items. Uh, we've learned that the date for Forbidden War 2 is going to be June 24th due to early uh, uh, listing by Spectrum Cable. And then Vicky Guerrero uh, finally set to leave AEW after a short run. Yeah. Uh, not really an impactful run by any means. Did some some uh, managing and a couple of appearances, but nothing. Uh, you know, it's kind of a legend that they brought in that I don't think is missed in, uh, in AEW, put it that way. Well, she said, excuse me a lot. And she managed Marina Shafir <laughs> and Nyla Rose. So, True. Yeah. 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 Hey, let's let's uh, so let's flip over to NXT. Uh, not a ton okay. here, but we'll uh, get into a few things. Uh, I'll read through this list. Booker T's reality of wrestling announced a working relationship with NXT. Oh, yeah. And then Booker T after said he was misquoted or something along those lines, tried to downplay it, even though it came directly from the reality of wrestling uh social oh, media yeah. account and I all that. that it's like you you just said it it's right there like there's your no... company misquoted itself right you know it's what same... okay yeah it's the same thing with like with malachi black when something's you know he would say he's being misquoted or whatever but it's like and you go verbatim of what he exactly wrote or said mm-hmm. he's saying he's being misquoted like you just said you had a back injury <laughs> you just said it right there in the video there's no like you just said you're having a working relationship with NXT. There's no, and these saying, you know, these dirt sheets are taking it this way. This is like, you just wrote it. It's there. I just, I don't understand. I but can understand. Something, there's something funny to me about someone denying something where it's clear there's proof that they're wrong. Like, like, wasn't it Derek Lewis? He, he got arrested or they, they were trying to charge him with something the other day. It was like, no, nah, that wasn't me. That guy has hair. Or something like that. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. You know, just, no, you know. Yeah. But we have clear evidence that you did this. No, I wasn't there. Yeah. <laughs> just go for it. You know, why not? Uh, Vengeance Day, a uh, couple of developments there. Minor, uh, Keanu James and Fallon Henley winning the women's tag team titles. Dabakato returned, turned on Apollo Crews, and then that uh, Gallus won the uh, NXT tag team titles. Not a whole lot there. Uh, speaking of these issues, you're just talking about this Dragon Lee. His next debut was de- uh, delayed yeah. due to him dealing with visa issues. Uh, Ilya Dragunov, no issues there, returning to uh, NXT, attacking JD McDonough, and later was learned that uh, McDonough would be out of action with a detached retina. Blake Howard was hired as a new commentator for Level Up. That's a show that still exists. Uh, Amari Miller uh, had to go under undergo surgery for a torn ACL. JC Jane said she got HBK or Shawn Michaels' blessing to oh, yeah. redo some history. With the, the uh, rock, yeah, the rocker style yeah. uh, breakup in the barbershop doing an NXT angle uh, that saw um, Gigi Golan get the, <laughs> slammed through a door the hard way, and that, I, I remember that was like yeah. a, it was like wow, that really looked like it hurt the witch. Went yeah, that door. the uh, they were trying to push the pull door, you know. So, yeah, exactly. A uh, little bit more resistance that way. Uh, Carl Fredericks uh, got his new WWE name and made his debut. On Level Up, NXT dropped Ava Rain's last name, and the company who said they were considering some main roster plans for Carmelo Hayes, and as we sit here in November, uh, still has yet to make his, uh, he's made his debut, he's on main event, yeah, and then everything, but not a full-time roster member. Hopefully that day will come, because he's super talented, uh, but uh, you know, who knows when that could happen. Yeah, I mean... But also, like NXT just got that big money deal from the CW network. True. So, you know, I mean, Carmelo Hayes, if you wanted to keep him around in the brand a little bit longer, it's not like NXT is AAA baseball. Uh, you still want those ratings up. You're still making money for it. So, um, I yeah, I don't know. 
plus plus now you bring all the main stars down to nxt so he gets to wrestle them from time to time that's but true i think yeah. or you know so but yeah obviously carmelo hayes this is a guy who you put him in matches with uh you know like aj styles or finn balor or some of the really great workers on the main roster that, w- that would be fun to watch yep uh, let's see. Impact, not a ton going on in uh, in my first. Oh, there's ball always time. stuff going on <laughs> in Impact Wrestling. Come on, that's right. Soon Kenny TNA again. That's true. Kenny King signing a new uh, one year deal with Impact. Uh, Impact in New Japan announcing a Multiverse United event, uh, which is uh, basically a, a very similar Forbidden Door, basically a, an off brand edition of Forbidden Door in a <laughs> lot of ways. Uh, three matches were set for that as that would come together uh, for. Uh, I think it took place actually during WrestleMania weekend, if I remember yeah, like the first one. It yeah. Was, yeah. Uh, no surrender. Uh, streaming special. All champions retained on the show. Kenta made his debut in a multi person match. No news coming out of the show. Uh, Josh Alexander took on Kenta as part of the Impact TV tapings, even though I don't think the match actually made TV, but I think it might have been on. Actually, I think it might well, have been on No surrender. Best- Wasn't that a streaming special? That was the streaming special, but the yeah. Josh Alexander Kenta match oh, was supposed uh, to be taped yeah, yeah. for TV. But I think they ended up using it on like a main event Monday thing on YouTube oh, or something okay. like that. Yeah, I yeah. think if I remember right. However, Josh Alexander versus Steve Macklin for the Impact World Title was set for Impact Rebellion in April. However, spoiler alert, that match would not happen due to injuries, which we'll talk about uh, in right. next episode. That's not a bad strategy for for Impact to just like sprinkle Josh Alexander matches around your different like you know throw one up on Facebook or whatever. Sure. Yeah, you know like you know because I know they do that. They do their uh, digital like they have the digital media championship, which is you know defended in different yep. ways. But it's uh, actually just it's actually just defended on TV now. <laughs> they oh really? Dro- they dropped that whole that whole thing. Yeah, it's not like. Uh, oh yeah. I thought yeah. that was kind of cool because you had like Jordan Grace held the title for a little bit, and then there would be like a match on Twitter uh, over it. So I I don't know. It wasn't a terrible idea. Yeah, yeah. They dropped yeah. that pretty quick. Uh, let's uh, so let's flip to Japan. So there was some news out of Japan uh, for mm-hmm. the month, and big one. Uh, the big news for the month was Jay White. Jay White, uh, his oh. contract, as we talked about for the January episode, was. Thought he'd be leaving uh, at the, once his uh, his deal was up. Thoughts oh, at, of course, either WB or AEW. And then he lost wow. not not one, but two loser leaves oh, yeah, right. X matches. And X, I'm not talking about Twitter. I'm talking about the first one was loser leaves Japan. He lost uh, in that match at the uh, in, in New Japan New Beginning in Osaka. And then he took on Eddie Kingston at Battle in the Valley. And that was a loser leaves New Japan match. And he lost that one to Eddie Kingston. So Jay White was going to be uh, off and running when it comes to free agency and uh, being done with New Japan. Yeah, I bet when Jay White leaves, like if Jay White leaves AEW, I don't think he's uh, going to agree to like a loser leaves AEW match or loser can't wrestle in Japan anymore. Uh, because clearly what happened here was that he thought he had to deal with WWE. He thought mm. he was coming into WWE. Vince McMahon comes back. There's a change. And now White ends up in AEW because if he was just going to AEW, he wouldn't lose matches with stipulations that he couldn't go back to New Japan, which he could now do with AEW. So I don't know. Do we get Jay White ever back in New Japan Pro Wrestling? Uh, At some point, we have to. Never say never. You know, I mean, that's the thing is. uh, Yeah, you just never say never. There's money and there's need and there's opportunity. Uh, there'll be, there will be opportunities as long as, I mean, 
wrestling is, I think if you know this, it's not slowing down in terms of companies that need people. Yes. So I think, uh, I think that's a big thing is as long as you don't shoot your way out the door on the way out. Yeah. And I'm not talking about a shoot brother, you know, mm -hmm. but, uh, yeah, as long as you do business the right way going out, there'll always be those opportunities. And I think that's, uh, I would, I would not be, I would not be surprised. I'm, I'm interested to see, you know, this year's forbidden door, how that works. Who, if they have yeah. him against over new Japan, I think those are, that's kind of where you tell where that relationship might be, but we'll, uh, we'll have to say it's a, a long ways out. Yeah. I just feel like we, we sort of lost out with how that all played out. Right. Like if, you know, he was clearly doing those things because he thought he was going to WWE. And now, like, White could really help on the New Japan Strong shows in the United States. It, like, I don't know. Uh, it's too bad how that worked out. Uh, for someone that a lot of things were working out in February, that'd be uh, Mercedes Monet. Uh, she won the IWGP women's title at Battle in the Valley. And yep. then... Uh, so it's being Kyrie for that time. Kyrie, of course, now back in WWE. Uh, things oh, yeah. come, things come full circle. We said that a lot during the January episode, with uh, <laughs> just all, just people all of a sudden they leave and they come back and what have you. Uh, AZM issued a challenge to Monet for the title. Uh, she's uh, Monet signed with the UTA Talent Agency. She was announced for WrestleCon, uh, releasing a mini documentary on her New Japan debut which uh, Ethan Renner uh, voted five stars, five, I believe it was six, <laughs> seven and a half, something like that. And then uh, Monet saying that work with New Japan is a dream come true. So, of course, before she got hurt, uh, which is uh, to come in a future episode, mm -hmm. she was having a, a great uh, first two months of the year, making the debut of WrestleKing, getting a lot of buzz behind her. Um, but then, uh, yeah, and then all of a sudden winning the the women's title at, uh, at Battle of the Valley, which I think people thought was a fait accompli that there was no doubt she was going to, to win oh, that, yeah. oh, but yeah. uh, pick up the title. And the, uh, at that point, the world was her oyster. Yeah. I think Mercedes Monet in uh, stardom and new Japan has, well, uh, up until she got hurt, obviously, I think it's been great. Um, it's funny. Uh, so she referred to Azumi as AZM. Uh, believe you may have referred to her as by the same thing she actually got a little bit of a uh, slack in uh in stardom for not knowing how to pronounce azumi's name but oh, I see. My gotcha, yeah. yeah but like my point is like there's hardly ever english commentary on stardom shows so how would she know but anyway <laughs> uh, um but like I, I really like Mercedes outside of the WWE machine a little bit, because whenever you see someone who has wrestled their entire career in WWE, like uh, Mercedes had, but then you see her outside that machine where she's maybe able to do some things that she wasn't able to do when she was in WWE or wrestle people that like it, it just I don't know. It feels like you're getting a more um, what's the word uh, like true version of the wrestler they want to present. Yeah. And so I, I hope, I hope she heals up soon and we get like a run where she's wrestling a new Japan show or a stardom show like once a month or once every two months, or we get like a full run and see what they have planned for. So, yeah, I think whenever I, you know, I, I think about free agency and people leaving, especially this was, you know, especially early on in AEW when they were signing, you know, a few, um, W talents or former W talents, whatever that I think ultimately you want to see a fully realized version of what they think they yeah. can be. Right. And you still, you have, 
there's some cases along the way where you're going to have people that think they're a lot better than they are. They may have grand yeah. ideas and just since fit, but there's, you know, people like, um, you know, Mercedes Monet and, and Sasha Banks, whatever that you see, you you've seen some greatness and you're like, huh, what, but that's under the, the, the machine that's in the machine. Yeah. They get them out of the machine. You're kind of like, okay, now what is, is, is yeah. this the best we got? Or is there another gear, another level that now it's like, you know, the, the canvas is blank. It's up to you. You just have to pick where you want to work. It's kind of, it, it's exciting as for fans because like, yeah. let's, let's see what we have here. Um, sometimes it works and, and sometimes it doesn't. But I think to your point that with, uh, with Monet, I think that was the, and continues to be kind of the most exciting thing is, is a, if she's going to be active and fully realize what does that look like? And is it something that yeah. is going to ascend her to a different level where, you know, a couple of years from now, if she wanted to go back to WWE, is she upper stock? You know, how does that, or she, does she like life on the outside? Um, because it allows her to do more things. It's more freeing. We, we just, uh, we haven't really got to see that. Cause again, she's been hurt for so long. Yeah. I mean, some of it might come down to what acting opportunities that she has. Yep. Cause right now it seems like she's picking her own dates, uh, in the wrestling world, which she wouldn't get with WWE. So I think a lot of what she does in wrestling in the future is going to depend on how successful she is in, in acting and, you know, maybe where her character in the Mandalorian, uh, goes. So we'll see. Yep. I agree. Uh, let's see. So let's, uh, so other things happen in Japan during the month. Kaiji Mudo, the retirement tour finally coming to an end, uh, so he revealed that he suffered hamstring tears in both of his legs at the great Muda uh, final bye-bye show. Um, they had the, uh, the retirement show at the Tokyo Dome. Okada took on Keito Kiyomaya. That was a, a highly regarded match there. Very, a lot of excitement that based on the angle they had run, uh, yeah. before, uh, Kaiji Muto at the retirement show, uh, Tetsuya Naito defeating, uh, Kaiji Muto. However, it was not his final match because after the Naito match, Masahiro Chono came up from, I think, with the broadcast booth and then a strange impromptu, like short match and Chono won that. It was just kind of a, this whole kind of journey kind of came to an end um, in a very strange way. And it was a long, 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 long retirement tour at a bunch of different stops and, and, and all that, but uh, it came to end in a, uh, a very odd fashion, but that seemed to be this is destined all to be. Yeah. I remember like, I remember that uh, match he had with um, uh, yeah. Like his, his whole final tour uh, he, I believe he was being, like in between matches, he had to be transported in a wheelchair. So this wasn't great mood, you know, but it, like these kind of retirement tours and things like that, it's just about the fans getting to see them one last time. And, you know, so uh, he didn't have to be uh, his old athletic self for this tour for it to still feel special to people. And to wrap up Japan, uh, New Japan and CMLL revealing the lineups for Fantastic Mania. 2023 we had okada versus tanahashi signed for the iwgp championship and also zach saber jr versus clark connors i was added to battle of the valley of course we just talked about that a few minutes ago uh leah rush challenging uh Hiroma takahashi to a uh, iwgp junior title match during the month uh new champions were crowned at uh, new japan's new beginning in osaka uh naito and okada both appeared at no event great voyage and new japan revealed their New Japan Cup 2023 bracket, full cards for that. And that was the uh, Hiromo versus Leo Rush title match was set for the finals uh, of the New Japan Cup. Uh, Yuji Nagata won the aid, uh, All Japan oh, uh, Triple yeah. Crown Heavyweight title. And then Okada and Tanahashi uh, was announced they were challenging for the tag team titles 
at a New Japan anniversary show. So yeah, New Japan just keeps on rolling with show after show after show. It seems every week there's there's just so many shows trying to keep up and, and kind of what makes sense. But they uh you know they keep rolling with their crew, not you know, doesn't feel as, as hot as it did uh, a couple of years ago. But um, you know, well at least you know they're kind of I say they're out of the pandemic, but you know, in terms of being able to fly foreigners in and things like that. I mean, we'll uh we'll see if they have a bounce back year in, in 24 that really kind of captures the fans' imaginations, or if kind of where we're at in 23, if that's kind of realistically where they're at overall. Yeah, I mean, I think this year maybe some people uh weren't as enthusiastic. Like I feel like Sonata's title reign maybe has not gone the way that they wanted. It just, you know, I always feel like New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, feels more important when Okada's on top. Like Okada still feels like the top star in New Japan Pro Wrestling right now. But it's interesting, like in February, how much Leo Rush was in the mix in the junior heavyweight division here. And uh, like right now, he missed the the Super Junior Tag League because he was sick. So, and he hasn't come back yet. Uh, but yeah, Leo Leo Rush has, has eked out a nice little uh, run with New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, in the last year yeah you never i mean with him you know we talk about health and uh that's a yeah yeah, that's a that's a that's a big thing we're talking um uh andrew and i yesterday we're talking about adam cole when it comes to health and uh leah rush is is health and interest level and you know retirements and and all that stuff he seems i think now promoters i assume are kind of seeing where the best way to get him or book him is small doses right not like long contracts but like three month runs, that type of thing. So he still kind of stays interested and fresh. And we saw him an impact a little bit. That was a short run there. I well, think that that seems to be his best thing. Maybe what he, he prefers to do. And if that works for him, you know, uh, so be it. Just, co- just come in for like three months or so and do like little runs here and there. Yeah. Well, yeah. I know like he, I mean, his shoulder was constantly getting <laughs> injured for the longest time. Yeah. And it seemed like that was very frustrating to him. And that's why he would retire and then decide to come back. Um, but uh, like this latest thing was he had just had a fever and he has to, had to miss the super junior tag league. So I don't think it was injury related. Uh, so in that regard, like he, I, I feel like he's actually done fairly decently in, in 2023 in terms of staying healthy. Uh, yeah. well, phys- like, you know, no injuries, but I, I guess right. he had a fever or something. So, uh, all right, let's go to the junk drawer. We'll, uh, we'll wrap this up with a spin through. All types of random things that happened. Uh, Lanny Popo passed away at 68 years old. Uh, NWA had some some headlines. Uh, oh. NWA Nuff said the uh, pay per view there that actually happened. It took place. Tyrus versus Matt Cardona for the yeah. NWA World Title. The Renegade Twins won the uh, women's tag team titles on the show, and then they tie, the tag titles changed twice on the subsequent uh, subsequent. Uh, episode of power so that's that's some billy corgan booking for you right there alex riley you remember him made his debut uh, uh, did a nice uh tope suicida <laughs> there if i recall guys got a future in in cmll oh I think. boy i remember when i was when i was putting this together and alex riley debut was just like oh yeah i'm like oh that's right that's just that <laughs> one it just like i mean we, we've seen a lot of botches in our day that was one that was just like, oh, you know, the ones you audibly like, oh boy, that's not good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. That was not good. Yep. I, then, I don't know if he's been doing a lot ever since then. No, I don't. 
surprisingly enough, he, I don't think he's been around too much. Uh, someone that has been EC3. He signed a contract with the NWA. Company announced a new women's TV title and also a new pay-per-view for the year. I don't know if that was the, the ill-fated Sam Hain one or if that was a different one or not. But uh, yeah, NWA uh, doing more pay-per-views and all that, which uh, I know the people really seem to love. Uh, John Moxley was announced for uh, to be participating in Josh Barnett's yeah. Bloodsport 9. Uh, Chris I always Daniel. love the Bloodsport events. Bloodsport's I, one of my favorite shows of the year. Yeah, you do like that quite uh, a bit, huh? I, I do, and I love that John Moxley, like, because John Moxley does not need to be flying around going to GCW and Wrestling Revolver shows, but, you know, he loves it, so he's there. Yeah, he was set to fight uh, or take on uh, Davey Richards on that show. Davey Richards now, of course, being uh, out of the business uh, thanks to his oh. uh, his uh, ill-fated uh, uh, physical assault or alleged assault. I'm not really kind of sure where that story stood, but uh, spousal abuse or something along those lines. It was not uh, not a good story for Davey Richards. So he is uh, he, he's out of the business, but he was set to take on uh, John Moxley at uh, at Bloodsport 9. Christopher Daniels announces being inducted into the GCW Indie Hall of Fame. MLW Battle Right 5 was announced for Philadelphia. Delmi XO signed a deal with MLW. Ricky Shane Page signed a contract with MLW. And then Richard Holiday, at that point, still with MLW, I believe, uh, had completed. Uh, he was uh, completed. Yeah, his yeah, yeah. Yeah, they were they weren't going to cut him or uh, or anything no. like that after as he was uh, getting uh, over cancer, completed his chemotherapy treatments and uh, everything seems to be good as we sit here in, in mid-November. So good for him. He's doing some stuff in GCW, working a ton of indies and getting some looks and places. So I think we'll probably, you know, have some interesting news on him in, uh, in 2024. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see where Richard holiday ends up, you know, him, MJF and Alex Hammerstone. There were the, uh, the faction in MLW. And I wonder if maybe MJF is pushing for one or both of those guys to come into AEW. That's right. That's right. I could see it happen. You never know. Uh, that would be kind of interesting, huh? If that was to uh, happen, so. yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see. Of course, oh, we should actually uh, let off the section with this. Uh, Jerry Jarrett passed away uh, at eighty yeah. years old, and that was uh, obviously a uh, a big talking point. Of course, you know, a lot of younger fans probably don't know who he is. Obviously, would remember or know Jeff Jarrett, but this was uh, a yeah. yeah a big a big deal. Um, it was it was a talking point for for a lot. Uh, oh yeah. For several days, Jessica, his his impact and in Memphis and uh, Jeff uh, actually wrestled on Dime, I believe, the day after. I can't remember if this was on a Tuesday. It, it was either the day or the day after, but it, it was like very close to it. And I remember Jeff saying that it was something that was very important to him that that he do it. Um, and so, yeah, like I know Jerry had been suffering from uh, cancer of the esophagus, I, I yes. believe it was. So it wasn't like an unexpected thing. And he was 80. But, you know, Jerry Jarrett has made so many contributions uh, to professional wrestling, um, you, you know, so uh, it was definitely it was one of those deaths where like, at least you got to like celebrate uh, like a life well lived and a long, healthy life. Uh, as opposed to at, at this time when Jarrett had passed away, uh, I think we were still sort of feeling the effects of, of a very tragic death for Jay Briscoe. Yep. Um, but yeah. Yeah. I remember Jeff wrestling on dynamite as uh, so very, very soon after his father's death. Uh, Reels announced a deal with Peacock. And that oh, meant I think that... that'd go. Yeah. That, go <laughs> that well. meant that uh, MLW was not included due to WWE exclusivity. So that's something we'll talk about in future episodes. 
as that uh, that played into the uh, the lawsuit. Uh, Ultimo Dragon versus Negro Casas was announced for the WrestleCon Super Show. Cheerio and Melissa also inducted into the G or set to be inducted in the GCW uh, Indie Wrestling Hall of Fame. Triple uh, A's Triple Mania 31 in Monterey. We got five matches announced for that as that card began to come together. Uh, Stevie Richards, formerly of ECW and WWE, uh, announced he was dealing with oh, some yeah. health issues and all that. Uh, John Moxley just talking about him and indie shows off OTT Scrapper Mania 7, which he had just got he, booked for the month before. And uh, he AW finally got to do it. Yes, he, this, this, was, uh, this, this was this like month, the, right? Last month, the second or third time that he had been because the first time he couldn't do it because the pandemic happened. And then he had gotten pulled because AEW was having a house show in Ohio that weekend. Yes, and then uh, finally, finally, he got to do uh, this show for for over the top. And I, I like this goes back to my same thing about him working blood sport. Like I, I respect the fact that. I'm sure Moxley's made enough money that he doesn't need to be going out and doing OTT or GCW. He's also got a small child at home. Right. Uh, but, you know, he's spending his weekends uh, flying out and doing these shows just because, like, he's so passionate about wrestling, clearly. Uh, Nigel McGuinness uh, set to appear at the Progress Super Strong Style 16 event. And then Ric Flair said that both Fox and Netflix were interested in the Real Housewives of Wrestling show as we sit here in November, that has not that happened is. yet. Yes. They they clearly weren't that interested. <laughs> not yet. Though. Who knows? Who knows if it could come to AWTV <laughs> or uh, streaming service or uh, or something like that. So, yeah. Right. So that wraps up a, a busy February. Not as busy as other months, but still a lot of interesting stuff that happened. And, uh, again, we, we started out with Sami Zayn failing to uh, wrest the Universal title from Roman Reigns. We end on Ric Flair pitching... Uh, reality shows to netflix and fox so you never know wrestling's crazy well, okay. <laughs> wrestling is crazy that's it's, right it's the weirdest industry of all time it's it's right up there that's for sure that is for sure uh so before we let you go ian uh give you a chance uh, you know you're very active on the x on the twitter and uh and all that stuff uh <laughs> tell where people can uh, can check out your work and uh interact with you and uh, so on and so forth uh well you can check out my work on the wrestling observer website yep. uh, i'm posting stories there most days um in terms of twitter you can follow me at ian carry 99 i will be on twitter for a few days in a row and then off for about three weeks that tends to be my schedule <laughs> so if that works for you uh maybe i'm someone you would consider following that's a that is the hell of a pitch to follow you on Twitter. Uh -huh. I enjoy that. Okay. So it's like when they get you, they get you in doses, <laughs> you know. And then yeah, exactly. Hey, you'll never grow accustomed to me. I'll come in and out of your your feed uh, <laughs> as, as it feels appropriate to me. That should be in your uh, your Twitter bio. You'll never grow accustomed <laughs> to me. That's it. That's it. Be like, this is a man of intrigue. I like this. I like this. Well, Ian, thanks so much for stopping by and, oh, uh, and, talk, and, and talking about the month. And uh, I'm sure we'll chat with you again. All right. I'll see you on Slack. <laughs>